Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. It's time for another episode of Last Drinks, a podcast where we have conversations for the sober and the sober curious, hosted by me, Maz Compton, sober since 2015. Hey fam, hi. So I'm just going to lift the lid a little bit here on the old podcasting situation. I just spent about 10 minutes tinkering around with settings and trying to figure out why my microphone wasn't working. It was really doing my head in because I had clicked all the buttons. I had made sure that all the settings were correct, that the inputs and the outputs were all aligned, that there wasn't some random mute button accidentally pressed and it was doing my head in. And then I realized I had actually plugged the charger for my smart glasses into my computer instead of the plug for the microphone. So I guess the moral of the story is I'm still really bad at technology, even though I do a podcast. (laughs) Although I've never claimed to be great at technology. Let's be honest. The only thing I'm really good at is being sober. Um, Which brings me to another episode of Last Drinks. Now, we are at the business end of the year, aren't we? Christmas is oh, Christmas is happening. It happens every year, if that's your religious belief, I guess. Um, some people don't have Christmas. They have Hanukkah and they do other things. But for me, uh, it will be Christmas. It will be happening. And the reason I know that is because um, Mariah Carey has started being played everywhere I turn. Um, all I want for Christmas is for her to just shut the hell up, to be honest, because that song was great in 1997 when it was released and it was, you know, groundbreaking when commercial radio played it for the first time at this time of the year and now I'm just, I'm really over it. We need a new Christmas song. Can I campaign for that? Um, somebody tell someone that can write a Christmas song. I don't know. Anyway, I know that there's Christmas lists being written. I know that people have started um planning, catering, and um, how you're going to get through time with the relatives and the school holidays, and there's a lot. And I I sit in the overwhelm of pre-Christmas as an introvert, but also as somebody who has a love language of acts of service, which just really means, look, if you haven't done a deep dive into love languages, highly recommend it. It's great to just figure out how you give out and receive love kind of handy in relationships it's also handy to understand a bit about yourself I found it really insightful that it's a book called the five love languages it's by someone whose name does escape me but he is a legit psychologist and um and the book is a thousand years old like it's a really old one but I feel like it stood the test of time so one of my love languages is acts of service which means I guess the way I show love for people is by doing stuff for them. Um, 
And it's not the only way I receive love. Like don't think if you're putting the bin out on a Monday night that all of a sudden I feel an overwhelming sense of how loved I am. Like, you know, there's acts of service and there's just like doing the stuff that needs to be done to run a functional household. But I do, I love doing things for people. And so what I can find I do because acts of service can kind of end up overwhelming the introverted part of my personality and I end up overcommitting and I at this time of the year can sit in a lot of overwhelm and be like I've said yes to too much do I really need to do a to duck in this year um do we need to have a grazing board of desserts for the three events that I'm going to be hosting with different parts of my family over the Christmas break probably not and I'm learning how to rein things in. I'm learning healthy boundaries. And I'm learning that, you know, sometimes a watermelon and halloumi salad is fine. It's suffice for an entree. It's all good. So that's where I'm at. But I I understand the overwhelm of this season. And if you're also trying to navigate early sobriety, or if you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, and I'm going to be so hungover for the whole of Christmas because it's just too much and I just need a drink to get through it. I thought the conversation that I'm having on today's podcast might be a great time for you to hear about a non-alcoholic option that you could maybe sub in to your Christmas celebrations this year if you're trying to cut back or if you're having a booze break. Now, I'll be really honest, I don't dabble really with non-alcoholic drinks. It's just not been a thing that I've done, maybe because when I stopped drinking nearly nine years ago, there were no options. The non-alcoholic businesses were not booming. People hadn't invented, um, you know, alcohol-free cocktails in a can. And um, and what the girls at Via have done, who I chat to on the podcast today, Sarah and Kirsten, um, you know, they've created this really elegant, really sophisticated line of drinks that have no alcohol in them that you can pour into a fabulous glass and feel like you're drinking something fancy and special, but it it has no booze. None of those options were available to me. And so I think when I stopped, I was like, I'll just have water. And I kind of settled on that. I might have the odd kombucha. And we talk about that in the chat. But if you're looking down the barrel of Christmas and this silly season, and you're like, how am I going to stay focused on this sobriety journey that I'm on? Or how can I just reduce the major uh, and anxiety that I have around the all of the potential future hangovers that I am going to have because I don't know how to manage the load unless I'm drinking? Maybe sub in a non-alcoholic option for all of your Christmas celebrations and see how you go. And you might, you know, still go out and have a few drinks but they won't be alcoholic drinks and so you won't be hungover and then you won't have anxiety and you might have a bit more energy and then you might actually show up and have a good time instead of being stressed out of your brain. And I think for me, you know, I have had Christmases where I have just let it overwhelm me and this is in sobriety for me too, right? Like I've done a lot of Christmases sober now and and there have been years where I've just taken on too much because I sometimes feel like I need to be Santa Claus and I feel like I want it to be so amazing for everyone that I end up having a bad time. Not a bad time, but like 
I don't end up enjoying it. I, I actually let it get away from me because I'm so drilled down into the detail. And this all plays into some of the stuff that I've been working on this year in therapy, which is trying to not strive for perfectionism. And that's really hard for me. Um, you know, I'm a kid of that people-pleasing generation and I have a PhD in people-pleasing and when it comes to putting on a Christmas spread, I want it to be the one that everyone talks about, you know, and I, I'm learning how to reconcile that and I'm learning how to be okay with, hey, this is going to be okay if even if it doesn't make the top five list of best Christmas grazing boards ever or best Christmas grazing tables ever, this is going to be okay. And everyone's going to have a good time because they're here with me and my family and we're epic, you know. And so I I feel like I'm doing a lot of deep reflection in this season. I've got a bit of time of work at the moment and I'm really using it to just dig deep and just go there with the nitty-gritty stuff, with the work because that's, you know, that's what this really is all about. Sobriety. Sorry, my mum's texting me. I really should have my phone on silent, but I'm at home, so I kind of forgot to do that. Anyway, um, mama Zeets, yeah, yeah, I will respond in a minute. Yeah, this season for me really is still, I'm still a work in progress, hey. Nine years down the track, no booze, still unpacking Pandora's box and still going there with the work, but I feel that's what sobriety is. Sobriety the longer you sit in it, the less it is about not drinking and the more it is about getting to know yourself and figuring out what healthy boundaries look like and how you can deepen the connection that you have with self and how you can um, value you for you instead of the other way around, which is how I think we have it. And that is what probably leads us to drink because there's a real disconnect when we're living outside of that. So I'm on a huge journey right now. I'm sharing it with you. Thank you for listening and um, letting me vent. <laughs> and I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to chuck over to my chat with Sarah and Kirsten from Via Drinks. Uh, you can check out what they do at viadrinks.com.au. They're wonderful. They're delightful. And my first question was simply about their relationship. Are you besties? Yes. <laughs> Besties. We call each, call each other wife. Wifey. Wifey. I love that. Yes. Wives. Yes. Every woman needs a wife. <laughs> but we do not tend to say that in front of the husbands or other friends. No. <laughs> you know what? Even though this is a podcast, let's keep it between us. That can be our secret. So how did you guys meet? Well, we were lucky enough to cross paths through the kids, as you often do. Um, so we both, we have, I've got four children and Sarah's got two. So she was smart. No, I won't say that. Um, <laughs> you can say it. Yeah. It's okay. Oh, no. It um, was a lot. Six between you is a lot. You're significantly outnumbered when you all hang out together. Yes, yeah. we are. Yeah. And, um, and so we both have 15-year-old daughters and 17-year-old sons. And um, Sarah's husband was the coach of the boys' soccer team. Yeah. And um, and our daughters are also the same class at school. So Cute. I got to know Sarah from the sides of the soccer field where she would come and appear very eastern suburbs on the northern beaches in the amazing puffer jacket and the massive sunglasses. And not talk to anyone. So and I was shy. 
<laughs> and I was in the throes of having my second batch of children, so very close together again. So mm-hmm. I, I felt very mummy um, in comparison to to Sarah. And um, yeah, at a glance, I thought I, I don't know how much we have in common. She's looking very pulled together, and I'm not feeling that pulled together. Um, but she pursued me. She was persistent. It took a while. She yes. kept asking me out on dates, and yes. um, like a real wife. Yes, yeah. and eventually, <laughs> eventually, I we we went along and um and had some one on one time, and and from there we just kind of seemed to have connected hit, hit, more, hit it off. More, yeah, connected more, on more. many many levels, mm. like not just like the fact that we our kids were at the same stage, um, our older your older kids were at the same stage as mine and in like the same groups and doing the same things, but also on, on lots of, lots of, we got into some very deep, deep, deep yes. very deep. We went very deep, very quickly. She wasn't is, a shallow she, Eastern. <laughs> no, not after all. Not after. <laughs> Do you think, because I find it really challenging to make friends in my forties. Like I am, even though I have an extroverted um, aversion to work as in I, I communicate for a living I'm on radio I do podcasts like I'm an introvert and so I can I really struggle to sort of reach out and like ask people I get really anxious and nervous did you Sarah when you were pursuing Kirsten did yeah. you sort of come up against any of that because I find that making friends as an adult is harder than what I found it when I was a kid yes yes same and I'm also a um, very introverted person I guess there was just some kind of it just I must have felt that there was a common ground because um I haven't made new friends in a long time and and so it was quite a surprise to everyone that we well to to that that you could find such a deep connection you know in your 40s um so it was yeah I probably the 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 boundaries probably on my own my own personal level I guess where I just had to kind of go well I think I think we got got a lot in common here and she's got amazing energy and um yeah definitely had to to push myself and I think also Dan my husband he was also telling me about Kirsten's energy and how he thought that we would get on really well so I was going okay I've heard this enough times now I'm gonna try and make an effort here and yeah and uh yeah I'm very very introverted as well so for me to accept that invitation get out of my comfort zone and you know like I very my circle is very small I can't deal with um, much more than that Mm. um, yeah I put my big girl pants on and and um, add it to the wolf pack (laughs) I love that and it's a real it's a real thing for many women in you know I think when I first took Henry to daycare it was the first time that I really landed on the identity shift and it was because somebody, one of the kids was like, oh, that's Henry's mum. And I'm like, no, I'm Maz Compton. <laughs> and, I, and I had this whole like, oh, like I'm Henry's mum. Like I'm yeah. mum and I'm mum for the rest of my life to this kid and all of his friends and all, you know, and so it's a real thing to almost have this huge identity shift as as a woman, especially somebody who is very ambitious, who's hardworking, who has done the career thing. That was a big shift for me 
And I feel like somehow you kind of tapped into it when you mentioned Kirsten, like your world gets small mm-hmm. and not necessarily a negative thing, but your world does become really kind of grounded and very routine and it can be really difficult to want to hang out with somebody new that doesn't know all of the things that you've done in your entire life because that can be really hard. Like it's friendships can be really hard work. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think I find that that ourselves and and also lots of people that I know kind of in the same age group, they have really um made their made their circles smaller. Mm-hmm. Um not because they're kind of particularly dismissing people, but you have less energy. Your energy goes to your children and your and your family, um and your work and your bubble just, you know, that's for for self-preservation I guess and to live live your most um optimum life I guess yeah 100% so it comes like that for many many women our age I think and quality for me quality yeah Mm. I don't have superficial interactions I'm happy to get real get deep Mm. and no small talk mm. Mm. and that's what I want I want these authentic connections with yeah so how much a part of because as somebody who hasn't had a drink for nine years, I it's I sometimes have to be reminded of like how people hang out if they're not sober. Yes, <laughs> because yeah. I just drinking's just not even it's just not even a thing. Like it's not even in it's not even a thought. I can hang out at a bar and just forget that there's alcohol there. I'm that far down my road in mm. my choice not to drink booze, right? But I know for a lot of women in their mid age um, middle age, middle earth, it, it's very much a part of their social engagement and how they hang out with each other. So what did that look like for you two in your friendship? Was alcohol something that kind of bonded you together at the beginning? Uh, well, it was It was definitely that, that started our journey with Via was, I guess, we were doing, it was in, in lockdown when you were only allowed the one-on-one mm. uh, walks. And I and I guess if you, it always included a other trip to get a margarita on the way or we would bring a margarita in a you know in a drink in a in a water bottle and I guess we kind of all that started the whole conversation didn't it like going oh you know it doesn't feel that great to have a margarita or two every day like um and and went from there but I don't think we 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 personally didn't need the 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 um the alcohol to get to know each other but then mm. normally I will be uncomfortable in a big group or going for a dinner and be and not be drinking because it's it is just makes it a bit harder um yeah. I guess for me to to get out of my of my introverted you know personality <laughs> from from memory I think I had a cup of tea the first time I kind of stepped over the threshold at your place yeah <laughs> but we did then go out for oysters and champagne mm-hmm. and for me Getting into the mum circles, definitely the wine as a as a as an introvert, um, uh, was definitely an icebreaker, and mm. it was expected. expected. It was like we yeah. should catch up and have a wine, or yeah. let's. I'm going to come down the road and 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 have a wine, and that I guess I've got another close local um, friend, and that that's how um, we. Um, got closer and our friendship grew and that was I was like okay I want to get to know her I want to spend some more time so 
I'm going to ask her for wines more often. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting that that's a real, and look, that's completely normal in our society to catch up for drinks. It's what we do. Yep. But what I find interesting is when you're on a pursuit for a deeper level of connection, you go and hang out with somebody and you drink wine together. And then there's a tipping point where you actually forget, a, you forget everything that kind of happened that night. So in essentially you shoot yourself in the foot because you don't get any, you don't get any closer to knowing and understanding that person because your brain chemistry changes when you drink alcohol and then there's patchy bits of conversation and you don't quite actually get the connection. So it's funny that the thing that I feel like the, one of the big myths about alcohol is that it connects us. And I think it completely disconnects us from ourselves and from the people Mm -hmm. that we want connection with. Um, Mm -hmm. enter the non-alcoholic drinks market where we can sit down and still have a drink in our hand but it doesn't have to have that alcohol level that you know when you take the alcohol out of the equation but you can still sit with someone and have a drink with them I think that is the problem solved that you guys have stumbled upon with Via so how did you get from um, besties to let's start a business together that's a huge that's a huge few conversations I'm sure Yes, yes. I think for 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 me with my journey with alcohol, I reached a point in time where, say, my husband and I we started another business and um, had two more children very close together, and I couldn't actually afford alcohol. You know, we had a very strict grocery budget. I um, couldn't afford it. Couldn't afford the dinners out and things like that. And so that then led me, when I was able to reintroduce it again, to notice the impact and the negative impact it had on my on my mental health. And mm. I developed, I became a really, I also had some postnatal depression, so my mental health was really important, having energy, being able to be there, super protective of it. So when I've, you know, made that connection between alcohol and feeling crap, for a few days and not functioning, mm. um, I've developed this massive handbrake and I've become a really strong guardian of my mental health. Um, and I think Sarah noticed that a lot in our friendship. And I think that then kind of shines a light on your own alcohol consumption and, Absolutely. Um, you know, how that was affecting yourself. Yeah, 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 and it. and also on a on a uh, on a kind of a physical level that you know it's not like when you're twenty and you can have a three big nights a week, but here you'd have you you would have a you know just a, a dinner out and with 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 friends and and end up having too much to drink and then feel really you know um, unwell, not mm. not just you know mentally and physically for for several days afterwards, and that was just not a price you were really prepared to pay, I guess. And then yeah. in, the, in the lockdown, the green juices, the green <laughs> juices. Yeah, we were, we were, we were. Well, I guess that in lockdown, lots of people were having too much to drink, and that actually, for me personally, made made me kind of go, "This is making me feel really not great." Mm. And um, start experimenting with non-alcoholic drinks, and that was the first time I've just never been on the radar before. You know, you'd more be thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna not. I'm just gonna drink water this week." Mm. Or, you know, never go and try non-alcoholic wine or anything like that. 
um, but started experimenting with that. And there's some some really good options out there, some really, really bad options, lots of really bad options and mm. a few really, really good ones. Um, and I guess I found some brands that I really liked. And me and my husband were doing these, these cocktails, non-alcoholic cocktails that were really, they, 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 they felt potent and they were delicious and um and I just remember one night in the having two of those non-alcoholic cocktails and turning around in the kitchen I was cooking and then just had this signal in my brain going okay you had these two cocktails what where's the where's the thing where's the bus where's the you know the the, the whole you know (laughs) the the that that thing you get from your first from your first drink or two, mm. and um, my brain was recognizing that there was a disconnect between between having that cocktail, having that experience, having that um, I suppose um, anticipation, and mm. then nothing happening in that sense. And then at the same time, Kirsten and I were we were enthusiastically comparing green juice notes where we that we were we were having every morning and we yeah. were having like a, a shared kind of note thing that went back and forth and there was lots of adaptogens in there shvaganda and um and Wayusa and maca powder all these things that in fact give you that buzz so that was just a conversation about oh why don't those things why don't we combine those things and um because you really, I mean, if I don't know if you've ever tried to have a, just a shot of maca powder, like in a little bit of water or juice or something, it's incredible. It's incredibly potent. Mm. Um, all those other ingredients, we had loads and loads of things in there. Yeah. Um, it was when it was a green juice, it was more like a brown juice because we put so many things in sure. there. Sure. Yeah. Um, but but then um, started you know really looking into that, and we bought like a a, a home distillery. Um, yes. And no, yes, you, you <laughs> I did. Thought, I as did. you do, and um, and the family they were really behind it. They were going, okay, we're going to clear this area, and then you can put up your home distillery. And and then we started looking into it, and we very very quickly realized that that was like um, a, a myth that you can start doing things like that at home. How, where do you buy a home with, distillery uh, from? Well, like eBay? Going to 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 these specialists for like hours at a time, and ended up buying. Wow. We talk about what I needed to do, and and then obviously getting more into. Never been in the food and, and beverage industry before, and then understanding all the food safety measures and yeah, technicalities of, of of producing anything that's ever going to be able to you know to to be used for public consumption. Mm. And that that home distillery got returned. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Did you get your money back? We got our, we got the money back because we haven't used it. But Not like, all of it. <laughs> No, we, no rightly we so because you did spend a bit of time chatting to him. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they, were, they were very helpful and they understood like, our quandary. Oh, let's funny. do this. Let's let's go consult oh. experts. Yeah, and let's outsource. Like I don't, from my business experience, I don't, and my husband's business has so many overheads and machinery. And mm. let's be yeah. smart about this. And and um, we talked a lot about whether we should do it or not. And I was excited about it. I wanted to be a part of a movement offering um, alternatives to alcohol that are better for you. Um, you know, having teenagers was really important that, you know, to be, it felt really purpose-driven for me. And it mm-hmm. got to the point where weighing up, if I do it, if I don't, what what am I going to get out of it? I'm going to get mm-hmm. so much out of it. 
Yeah. What am I going to lose? Not a lot, whatever I'm prepared to put in financially. Mm. So it got to the point where it was like, yes, okay, I'm, I'm, and that work-life balance, I've already got a job and four kids. Like, am I being? That doesn't sound balanced, Kirsten. No. (laughs) No, That's the opposite of balance. And autonomy. And do I really want to go and do this? But yes, because that's my husband's business. Mm. And you were like, you didn't want, we had to really talk about the the hours that needed to go in. And Mm. and, um, Kirsten was like, well, I need to have this this time with the kids and um, I, I can't do like a nine to five. Um, seven days, you know, five days a week. And, and that's cool because now we just do 14 hours, seven days a week. So that's fine. <laughs> no biggie. No biggie. No big deal. But you love it. You get very passionate about it. Yeah. Course, everything else. It's of so course. Fun. And the investments and everything has, has obviously been turned into something much, much bigger. The business has turned much bigger, much quicker than we, than we, than we mm. realized because we've got this whole movement, this whole lifestyle change all over the world that is just happening and it's not a fad it's not going to go away next year because people are getting smarter mm. and it's new- not a trend you it's know not- sobriety and I know yeah. sobriety for some people as a term is difficult for them to wrap their heads around because I think for a lot of people sobriety is this idea that you're not allowed to drink alcohol anymore because mm you go completely bonkers when you drink too much alcohol. So Mm. your punishment now is that you're never allowed to drink alcohol again. I think a lot of people have that narrative about sobriety Mm. and that is absolutely untrue and unfair. And I think choosing to have a life where you can moderate or you can not have alcohol at all is a great choice. And having options is really cool too. And that's why I really love what you guys have done and it whether it was calculated or not you've landed in this era where we're turning the ferry around on alcohol and Mm. people are understanding how bad it is for us um the negative impacts on our well-being our relationships there are zero benefits and so we all want to hang out and we all want to drink fancy drinks in the sun that's not going to go away. But if you can put a different drink in a beautiful glass and give people that great feeling without the poison and the toxicity of alcohol, Mm -hmm. I feel like that has problem solved a big issue for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it it has to to taste good. And I think that people like, like, I know that from, from myself and you will certainly know that as well, Kirsten, is that when you, when you, the, the less you drink, the more that couple of glasses of wine you might have at a special occasion, the more it impacts you. You can, you know, that would even whereas before you could maybe have double that and not even feel a thing. Whereas, whereas if you, the more you, the less you have, the more impacted you get on on the negative side. Mm. Yeah, a hundred percent. Kirsten, you said something before, and I just want to circle back to it quickly because I absolutely love the turn of phrase that you used when you said you wanted to be the guardian of your mental health. That is such a powerful way to frame self-care and looking after our mental well-being. And I just wanted to say, like, I haven't heard that term before, but that's something that I'm taking out of this conversation as when I think about, and look, we do, I feel like mental health is now a thing that we look at as a health thing where we're Mm -hmm. like, we need to look after what's going on in our brain and what thoughts are we having and alcohol in our brain is such a huge thing. 
but to take ownership of that space and go, I'm the guardian of my mental health. And as the guardian, appointed guardian, this isn't working for my mental health. I think that's a really nice way of of looking at it. So thank you for that. Ah, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And so with, with Via. As a handbrake then. Pardon? Maybe I shouldn't refer to it as a handbrake then. <laughs> that's good too. Well, look, that that. That conjures up a different image, but same result, right? (laughs) Um, With Via, was it intentional? Did you intentionally set out to solve a problem for women in their midlife who want to hang out together? Or is that just kind of where you've landed with the business? Look, I think that it was a very personal project, a very personal business that just seems to. you know, I guess that we are just part of a, a, a very, very big group of, of people in, in, you know, in this in this, this category that are seeking the same things. So by by addressing our personal um, our personal kind of goals for this business, um, like even in the in the in the flavors we have chosen, that's a very personal thing. Obviously, we did lots of research, and but 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 it really went down to our own personal. Uh, flavors um that we have i guess we have we have we are hit on a problem that is or, or um an issue that is uh, important to a lot of women um and men as it turns out our in 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 our uh, age group and i think that's how that's how it happened that we are kind of just a representation of 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 what's going on in in this in this time in your life and wanting an adult drink yeah that's not alcoholic mm-hmm. to be part of the rituals whatever that ritual is whether it's your own personal unwind getting keeping sane while you're getting dinner ready or it's going to a wedding 40th um you know just really being high quality better for you alternative to mm. to alcohol and for the individual to you know we don't we're not preaching um, because, you know, lifestyles look different for everybody, mm. you know, wanting to respect that as well. For me, what your drinks range has done is it's allowed, it's allowed me to sit in a room and cheers everybody with a wine glass in my hand again. And I haven't really had that because, um, for so long I've just had water, like that's just been that's just my vibe. And look, I don't go out a ton. I'm like a massive introvert. I, you will find me mostly Friday nights on a couch chilling out. Like that's my, but if there are occasions, you know, friends of mine are getting married and again, second marriages are happening in this season of life (laughs) and my friends are having babies in their forties. And so there's lots of reasons to celebrate. And there are lots of reasons to connect and to um, be social with people. And that the idea of the cheers um, doesn't get robbed in sobriety because of things like this, and I love that. So, yeah. it, you know, and it, like you said, that whole adult drink thing, for so long, I mean, nine years ago when I stopped drinking, ladies, it was basically Lambrusco or bus. Yeah. Like there was nothing going on in it's the like- non-alcoholic drinks space. So I really did um, get sober on sparkling water with fresh lemon and a bit of kombucha. Um, but now it's nice to know that there are those options where you don't have to change your whole afternoon habit. 
if you walk in the door and kick off your heels and have a wine, you can walk in the door and kick off your heels and have something that's not wine but still feels like wine but is just not going to damage your brain or increase your cancer risk or whatever, right? And I think that is such a great narrative for people to understand. Mm. Yes, like we really want to try and keep the celebration in it. Like like I love how, like, for example, last night we were sending each other, like, work, we, we, cut we were working. We, we, yeah, we were sharing. Working. We were sharing. Um, I was getting what I had for dinner and then had a picture of me having to be this is like if we talk like I don't know twenty five times a day but and, and and yeah maybe more and 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 pictures I'm just sending her a picture of we were having um duck pancakes and I was going pairs perfectly with the brute and and had a glass and sending that across you know as my own little celebration at home me and my husband had the brute and two sent back and you were going snap snap having the same one and what what did you have it with not with a duck pancake with something else and that was like you know something you might have done a couple of years ago with with your wine totally but here you do it with your you're going this is a beautiful pairing with this and you know i just feel that that we have fought for ourselves and hopefully for for the people that enjoy via non-alcoholic that that you reach the goal of having an alternative that that doesn't even make you think that you are not having a celebratory drink or something that really pairs well with your food or you know just it just slips right in as as your perfect alternative and you won't think about it absolutely well well done to the both of you not many friendships survive friendship alone let alone business so there is a huge testament there to your relationship I think it's quite remarkable if I had to work with my best friend her and I would literally kill each other within minutes um so that's why we don't work together and we live on the other side of the world from each other too she lives in Chicago so how how convenient is that yeah (laughs) but thank you thank you for your time and um, I yeah, I really I value what you guys do, and I think it's just it's a great it's a great option for people who want to take a break or who want to mix it up or who want to you know tap out of that drinking habituation that they've fallen into every day. I think it's a great little first step in the right direction. And being sober doesn't mean punishing yourself for the rest of your life. Being sober is about creating a life that you don't need to escape. And I think your product helps people do that. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you, Mess. Thank you. Thank you. Not lovely talking to you. You too, ladies. We'll see you around soon. Thanks for listening. Make sure you click follow so you don't miss an episode. New episodes are published every Monday. You can follow us on TikTok at Last Drinks or catch up with me on Instagram at Maz Compton. Stay curious. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.